When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. Rough hands, dirty boots, and farming roots. It's all we know. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Good morning and a Wednesday morning. Aaron Zimmerman here on the Midwest Farm Report, and we're kicking off the month of September today. Looking like we can expect a little more mild temperatures to start off the month. Stu Muck, ag meteorologist, will be with us later on for these details. And since it's a Wednesday, that means we'll hear from the Steffes Group. Farm Director Pam Yankee caught up with Ashley Hewen. Busy with plenty of online auctions this time of year. And then finally, we'll hear from Leo Johnson of Johnson Tractor discussing some of the things that are happening with the equipment and equipment part supply chains, seeing if you can get that brand new tractor you're looking for or get your tractor or equipment fixed, as well as some of the equipment values that we're seeing right now. It's time to kick things off here on Wednesday, September 1st. Badgerbean.com puts the Wisconsin soybean farmer first, and it's your place to go for the latest soybean news and research from leading industry experts. Simple, easy-to-access resources for the betterment and advancement of a sustainable soybean industry right here in Wisconsin. Badgerbean.com, an invaluable tool constantly updated for Wisconsin soybean farmers. For info and the latest updates, find us on Facebook and visit badgerbean.com today. Whether it's a lot or a little, we need your rainfall reports. The Rural Mutual Rainfall Report is on. Text your rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. Be sure and include your name and where you're reporting from because every month we'll pick a winner for a digital weather station courtesy Rural Mutual Insurance. Premiums paid here, stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. Text those rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. Farm. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. All business owners want the same thing, to make their business succeed. At Rural Mutual, they help that happen. As the third largest writer of commercial business in Wisconsin, they take the time to learn your business so they can properly protect you. Call your local agent today or visit RuralMutual.com. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. I'm sure that a lot of folks on the northern end of the world's longest barn are getting tired of the Way Up North song that had been uh, chanted for the past couple of weeks. But I'll tell you what, when it comes to uh, Alaska, you can keep talking about it because it's so diverse. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And Bob, for our folks down here at the southern end of the world's longest barn, how was the weather in Alaska? What did uh, What caught your attention this time around? In two words, no humidity, which was a blessing after what we've gone through in Wisconsin, whether you're in the southern part or the northern end of the world's longest barn. No humidity, cooler temperatures. It was uh, very nice up there. Bob Bosel here at the northern end. We did just uh, recently get back from another farm tour in Alaska, visited many enterprises, which we'll talk about in the next few days. But let's start talking about barley. Bryce Wrigley came to Alaska in the 1980s from Idaho to find his niche in agriculture there. And because, as he told us, it was just too hard to find a way to expand in Idaho. Uh, well, when I left Idaho, it was because we couldn't find 
ground to rent or to buy to for me to come into the family operation and so uh, there was some land available up in alaska and i came up and looked at it and stayed, stayed about a week looking it over and drove back down thinking about it and decided to move up so that year after uh, 1983 after uh, harvest was done i moved my family up what did you see when you came up here that uh, you wanted to bring the family up here you know i guess the thing that I remember the most about that time was um, opportunity. Uh, down in Idaho, it seemed like anything you thought about doing, there was already 10 people doing it. And up here, there were 10 things nobody was doing. And so, man, I've always said, you can't hardly turn around ex without knocking over an opportunity up here. So much needed and so little going on that, um, I, and I still think that that's the case. Uh, raising cows, doing dairy, uh, raising hogs, uh, putting crops in, vegetables, whatever, you know, there's just always a need for, for some more. Now, when you came up here, what did you know about Alaskan agriculture, about the climate, about the soil, about what was needed up here, about what would grow? I didn't do very much homework. I mean, I, I, I read about the article in a successful farming magazine. Um, I talked with some people up here, state officials as well as farmers, and that was all I knew. In fact, uh, after I decided to move up, I was talking to my Sunday school cl class down down in home, and and I happened to mention, yeah, we're going to be moving to Alaska. And one of the kids said, "Oh, you're going to raise nagas," and I said, "What's a naga?" And he said, "Well, you know, that's where they get naga hide." And I had to think about that. Is that true? <laughs> so I didn't know anything about agriculture in Alaska. <laughs> but you moved up here, and uh, the property that you're now on started out as what they call the barley project. What was that project, and how did you get this land? So the barley project was envisioned by Governor Hammond in the 70s with oil revenue coming in from Alaska. Um, they wanted to develop some renewable resources for that banking against that time when the oil would run out. And agriculture was one of those resources they wanted to develop. They developed it here in, initially in in the Delta area because there was already some barley being raised here. And at that time, there was some market opportunities worldwide for barley. Uh, after those initial clearings were done, the plant crops planted, then uh, the, by that time the barley market had disappeared and so things kind of went south from there. The barley that was raised had to be sold over the next few years to, to an in-state market which was quite small. And so at this time farmers raise the barley that they know that they can get rid of. And we did that. We started raising barley and couldn't sell it, so we got hogs. We got into hogs and sold the barley through the hogs. And then as we um, left the hogs, uh, exited the hog business and started with the barley, then we started with the hullest barley for human consumption and built a flour mill to be able to market that for food security. Now, as far as the, the product, where do you get this barley? Do you raise it yourself? You you know, save your seed, so to speak? Or are there enough companies that will produce the kind of barley that will grow here in Alaska? Yeah, right now we raise the seed ourselves. Um, there's not another place to get it right now, although I've talked with the Plant Material Center in Palmer, and, and they've agreed to start growing it for seed uh, so that there's at least a seed source. And then that would be a low-generation low seed. That would be either registered or certified. But right now we just we keep the seed. We When we clean it, we run it through a color channel sorter, make sure we got just the hullest barley, and then uh, then that's what we've been planting. Now, Bryce, over the years, as all farmers do, you learn. You learn your land, you learn your climate, you learn your crop. You've got a no-till. Why no-till, and what made it so much better for you than 
conventional tillage, conventional crop raising. We are so dependent on the spring rains to bring crops evenly up here, and we are getting so frustrated with uh, delayed spring rains sometimes. You plant, and then you'd, some of it would come up, and sometimes if, the, if you had a delayed spring rain, uh, it wouldn't come up for three or four weeks, and so you, and then you had two crops coming up, and it was just so frustrating at harvest. That was one of the drivers for going into no-till was to conserve that soil moisture. And since we started no-tilling, that's been the case. We've never worried about if the rains were late, there was always moisture in the soil. So that's one of the things I really liked about it. The other thing that kind of drove us to that was that my children were leaving. My children left for school, got married, moved away, and I, it was hard to find tractor drivers. The year before we did no-tillage, it took seven, or six of us to, to put the crop in, and we switched to no-till, and I did it myself. So that was a huge savings in labor. Soil temperature in the spring, not a concern. We know that uh, it's a little cooler planting into no-till. It is, and especially that was one of the biggest questions I had with no-till in Alaska was whether the, the residue on the soil would prevent it from warming up to a, a degree or an, uh, an amount that would allow that to germinate. Um, but that hasn't proven to be the case. Um, we bale the straw off so we can, because it breaks down slow here, so we bale the straw off, uh, and then what is left standing stubble captures some snow, and then over the course of uh, the next two or three years, it eventually breaks down. We plant barley, and then we, we rotate with fallow, and that provides some extra time for it to dry out and bust up. What's your season like? Also, we're really fortunate. We don't have a lot of competition with insects and don't have much problem with weeds. We plant mid-May, uh, try and be done by the 1st of June, and then about three, four weeks later, we start spraying. We spray broadleaf. Uh, herbicide to, to capture the broadleaves and then there's really not much else to do in, far, in, ter in terms of the crop. I do some spring or some summer spray and uh, control the weeds in the fallow ground and then um, harvest starts about first of September so got a lot of time to four-wheel and stuff. <laughs> there's always time to four-wheel and you got plenty of land to four-wheel on that's for sure but Bryce having been around you a few times now you are kind of a PhD farmer scientist on your own. You're you're watching the land. You're very observant of what's going on on your land. Cover crops are something that have really gotten your attention. How do you use them, and what's the status of the cover crops here that you're using, and why? Most farmers in America will plant a cover crop after they take a crop off, and and our season doesn't allow that. So we put a crop in, and then on our fallow year, that's when we plant our cover crops. I started doing cover crops about six years ago. Uh, in an effort to kind of build the soil instead of just resting it. And so we use a multi-species cover crop to, uh, that we plant in our, in our uh, off year, the fallow year. And then I just no-till right into it um, the following year with, with barley again. So what, is the, what are the properties of this uh, soil as far as uh, nutrients, what you have to add? Is it good soil? Well, it's good soil, but it's new soil. And so... Um, you know, it'll grow weeds and willows like crazy, but it doesn't seem to raise a grain without some uh, supplemental fertilizers. The soil is high in organic matter, so our soils are anywhere between 8 and 12 organic percent organic matter. And, and that's one of the things we want to preserve, too. And I have to ask this question because we're in Alaska and people think of Alaska, you think of bison and moose and everything like that. Do they bother your crops? 
Uh, the moose don't really bother them. There's a lot of moose. Uh, in fact, in the wintertime when the cover crop fields are laying out there, we might see 100, 150 moose out in 100-acre field. And, it's just, and they're not herd animals, but they're just that many out there eating the radishes and the turnips and stuff. But uh, the bison are a big problem. They can be a big problem. I'm fortunate where I am. They don't make it to my place until so far, knock on wood, uh, until after harvest, but some of the farmers really get hammered with bison. They get on the website. Where's the website to go on? Because I've taken it home, and it's delicious. What's the website? How do they get on it? Uh, just alaskaflowercompany.com, F-L-O-U-R. Um, every time I say Alaska Flower Company, everybody thinks flowers to smell or to bloom or something like that, so I always have to spell it because that's the kind of flower most people equate with Alaska. And bar- barley flour is a little different than other flour. You've talked about a doctor and diabetic patients and things like that. What's the properties of this uh, barley flour? makes it a little different and uh, has a little different effect on the body, especially maybe diabetics. Yeah, well, barley has two and a half times the fiber of wheat, and it's high in beta-glucans, and beta-glucans are really, really good for people with diabetes or pre-diabetes. I was reading somewhere 40% of the population is diabetic or pre-diabetic. And that's a huge percentage of people. And, and you know, if you catch it early enough and you put the right stuff in your body, uh, wouldn't it be nice to go through life and just get old and die uh, without ever having to resort to medicine and stuff to fix something that you could have actually done with diet? So that's one of the biggest things I like about the barley is just the health benefits of the barley. 35, 40 years here, you're not going back to Idaho anytime soon, it doesn't sound like. Yeah, no plans. This is this is home. It has been for a long, long time. Now yeah, this is this. They'll, they'll plant me here. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a beautiful place to be in the Delta Junction area. The Alaska Flower Mill, the Alaska Flower Company. Bryce Riglin and his family operating it and uh, showing us uh, a, a beautiful farm and well kept and uh, like a good farmer, steward of the soil. Bryce, thank you. You bet. And I hope whoever. Your listeners are, I hope that they'll take advantage of your tours and come up here and and see this. It is so enjoyable to just see a different type of agriculture. It is, and the way you explain it, it makes it that much nicer, too. Bryce Wrigley here at the Alaska Flour Mill in the Delta Junction area. I'm Bob Bosold. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank, where we can help you finance your new home and help grow your business. We listen to your goals, then offer solutions that simplify complex financial matters. We'll show you how easy it can be to get things done. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Compeer Financial helped us get into our forever home. They helped me expand more than acreage. And helped our dairy grow for the next generation. At Compeer Financial, we see potential in every plan. Our focus on exceptional client experience is at the heart of everything we do. And our financial team will help make every step easy and convenient. See why our clients trust us to make their goals possible. Compeer Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. And MLS number 619731, copyright 2021, all rights reserved. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body. And nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes. Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. Affecting learning, memory, attention, and impulse control. 
and priming the brain for other addictions. Vaping products also come in kid-friendly flavors that can make them appealing to youth. And many kids also use other drugs, like marijuana, in vaping devices. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping, because when you talk, they hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. You could go to Chicago to hear about the Board of Trade, but isn't it easier to listen to Pam Yonke? This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Time now for your Compere Financial Ag Weather Update with Ag Meteorologist Stu Muck. Now, Stu, this morning coming into work was a little bit cooler, and it kind of looks like that here for the beginning of September, things might stay a little bit cooler. What do things look like? Well, yeah, you're right. A little bit cooler, certainly more comfortable, not as humid as it was just a couple of days ago. So really very comfortable, a nice break. I know there's been a lot of hay made in my neighborhood in the last couple of days since any talk of rain ended Saturday. We're all making progress. Things are moving along, and this comfortable, dry weather pattern is a big benefit. Nothing much to talk about on weather radar this morning. That's kind of nice for us. Some rain out in the New England states. Ida still providing moisture and heavy rain and even some flooding in that area. And there is a little rain all the way from Wyoming back toward Montana from uh, Wyoming back toward Utah, Arizona, that area. None of that going to be a concern for us. We do look at a front, though, trying to drop in out of Canada, a front out in the western edge of the Dakotas that may very well bring just a little rain chance around. Even late Thursday night in western Wisconsin, more likely into Friday around the rest of the state, not a big event, just a little rain. I'll have forecast details right after this. When a company only does business in Wisconsin, that's Wisconsin Strong. Rural Mutual provides all lines of insurance, including commercial, farm, home, and auto. And your premiums stay right here to keep Wisconsin strong. Local agents, local underwriters, local claims adjusters. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's the grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for money-saving member benefits, like savings on select Ford trucks and more. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Now, Stu, yesterday on my way home from work, I got just a little bit of rain on my windshield, just enough to turn on the windshield wipers. It was kind of a pop-up shower I wasn't expecting. These showers that might be ahead, are they kind of the same thing, kind of that pop-up shower kind of deal? Kind of same thing into, into Thursday night or Friday. I don't expect them to be a real widespread storminess. But our Compure Financial Ag Weather forecast is for a sunny, comfortable day today. A lot of mid-70s and the northeast winds at 5 to 10. Overnight clear back in the low to mid-50s. Northeast winds about 5. You know, those are normal temps now. Mostly sunny Thursday. It'll be back in the mid-70s. Northeast winds become southeast in the day about 5. Late Thursday, Lacrosse or Mauston may see a little shower. Try to build in Thursday night. 
Uh, for Friday, the rest of us, mostly cloudy, scattered showers, maybe an isolated storm. Could be rain amounts up to a quarter inch at La Crosse or Boston, maybe a little less further east. We'll be in the low 70s, maybe an upper 60 here or there on Friday with that bit of a rain chance. Saturday doesn't sound bad, low 70s. Aaron, I think it's a, a comfortable temperature break from what we had for heat and humidity in August. Sounds like we're finally turning to fall here, huh? Well, a little early for that, in my opinion. But, yeah, we get a break before we get back into September warm. All right. Well, thanks, Stu. That's Stu Muck, Ag Meteorologist, with your Compere Financial Ag Weather Update. Compere Financial, your financial partner committed to agriculture and rural America. Visit Compere.com. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Pride doesn't just appear out of nowhere. Like a healthy plant, a trusted relationship, or a successful business, it begins as a seed and grows. Uh, excuse me. What are you doing? I'm telling farmers about Dairyland Seed Pride. Well, stop. All you got to do is tell them about how we're bringing the yield. But what about our history and people? Still the best and still proud of it. But now we have our strongest lineup ever of top performers in independent trials all across the Midwest. So I guess I don't have to use my passionate sincerity voice anymore. Please don't. Just shut up and yield. Yep. Just like that. See how our top performing corn, soybean, silage, and alfalfa seeds bring the yield in your region soils at DairylandSeed.com. If it involves a tent, you know it's got to be big, and that's exactly what you can look forward to at McFarland's. Pam Yankee here for McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street in Sauk City, online McFarland's.net, or under the big tent, September 10th and 11th, when everything's on sale. Plumbing, electrical, sporting goods, whatever it is, if it's under that tent, it's a great deal. So please mark down September 10th and 11th for McFarland's tent sale, 780 Carolina Street in Sauk City, McFarland's.net online. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection, a name you can trust when service is a must. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection is here 24 hours a day, 7 days a week for all your residential and commercial plumbing services. From installation, repairs, and maintenance to complete sewer and drain cleaning, we've got you covered. Visit MononaPFP.com. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection, a name you can trust when service is a must. The Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help with an armed robbery investigation. On August 2nd, 2021, at approximately 1.26 p.m., MPD officers were dispatched to the 2900 block of Commercial Avenue for an armed robbery. The victims were on the bike path when the suspect approached them. The suspect displayed a weapon and took the victim's necklace, cash, and AirPods. The suspect then fled the scene on foot. The suspect was described as a younger male black, larger build, last seen wearing a black sweatshirt, black sweatpants, and a black face mask. If you have any information regarding this incident, please contact the Madison Police Department at 255-2345. If you wish to remain anonymous, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can receive up to $1,000 in cash rewards for tips that lead to an arrest. 
Are you ready for the next generation of body sculpting? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Current body shaping devices have addressed unwanted stubborn fat and skin laxity. But what if we want more muscle strength and toning? MSculpt is our new body sculpting device at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie that uses high-intensity electromagnetic contractions with a 30-minute treatment described as equivalent to 20,000 crunches. MSculpt is approved for abdomen, arms, thighs, and calves. And it's also the world's first non-invasive butt toning and lifting procedure. MSculpt is a safe, effective addition to any workout program. The possibilities are endless. Let your natural beauty shine through. View our specials at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Looking for that unique, one-of-a-kind engagement ring, something that you can customize yourself, maybe a gorgeous pendant necklace, diamond earrings. The place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They're an icon in Madison. They've been around forever and right on State Street in their same location, a couple blocks from the state capitol. They're the place to go to when it comes to buying jewelry. Goodman's Jewelers has everything from the more traditional style jewelry for your engagement rings, pendants, necklaces, earrings, to the more modern styles as well. They can customize and create anything for you. Unique, funky diamonds, one-of-a-kind pieces, stuff you won't find anywhere else, and price range for everyone. When you step into Goodman's Jewelers, you'll feel the warmth and you'll feel welcome. They'll treat you just like family. You want to go somewhere where you can trust when you're buying jewelry for that special someone? Then remember my friends and family at Goodman's Jewelers. Right there, a couple blocks from the state capitol on State Street. Goodman's Jewelers. The graphic during the game uh, showed eight strikeout games, and I think Burns has now like 16, and he's up there with some of the other best pitchers in the NL and the AL with Scherzer and Woodruff, and I think Zach Wheeler was on that list too, Walker Bueller probably. And it's really amazing to watch him do it against the Giants. I mean, they, they got those two early runs, and then I was hoping the Brewers would tack on at some point, and every inning they didn't tack on, and every inning Brandon Woodruff, or uh, excuse me, Corbin Burns, came out and just kept holding serve. What did you think? I was glad that they brought him back out for the seventh. It kind of stinks that they ran into trouble, but good on Brad Boxberger for getting out of there. You guys had to be pleased. What is this? Are, are, you, trying to, to are you trying to do something here? No, no. I, I was wondering if, if you guys had thoughts because they brought him back out to start the seventh. Boxberger picked him up, but like that seems to be a little bit of a departure from what Council was doing earlier in the year. So maybe that's a sign of, hey, when we're playing the great teams, when it's late in the year, when it's the postseason, a little more leash for the starters. I, I just thought of you guys last night. No, nothing. Nothing. Well, I'm glad you're thinking of us, Grant. For me. Three words for you, Grant. I yep. loved it. <laughs> I great. loved it. I'm glad you're thinking of us, Grant. I appreciate that. Grant, I am always about when you are the starter, I will let you at least attempt to finish your work because there's nothing worse than starting a task and then having someone else come in and uh, finish it up for you. So I... If you're going to, I guess, manage your pitching rotation, I'm a fan of that six-man rotation because you get to actually work deeper into the games, not the okay. five-man where you get pulled in the fourth or fifth. Grant, and sure. I know I know you're a big fan. I, In fact, I do believe there is a picture of Craig Council hanging in your studio looking at you as you broadcast every day, correct? There is. There's a picture of Craig Council, and beneath him there is a picture of future. Those are the only two pictures I have in the studio. I don't understand the future one, but I'll go with it. But Craig Council, I know you're <laughs> like a Craig Council like disciple, so you're fine with Craig Council pulling guys even if they have like a perfect game going or a no-no going, correct? Well, so would no you be hitters. fine? Would you have been fine if, play along, 
Let's say yeah. Leonardo da Vinci has just a couple more strokes to put on the Mona Lisa. But Craig Council, who was his manager at the time, comes yeah. in and says, you know what, Leo? we got to pull you. We're bringing, in, uh, we're bringing in someone else to finish up the Mona Lisa for you. Would you allow that? Well, no, but that's literally not even close to the same thing. Like, I, no, no, no. I love Grant, up, up there, up there, pitchers who are doing a no-no perfect game, they're painting a beautiful picture on that strike zone, Grant. Corbin Burns is painting pictures last night, just getting guys looking, getting guys swinging. I don't disagree. He was at 93 pitches. I think he would have had the leeway to finish the seventh. And if he looked amazing, maybe come out for the eighth. Like, I think he had leash last night. The problem was he gave up two base runners early on. And against the Giants, especially in only a two-run game, right? Grant, I have to stop you a second, Grant. You know, and if we're really talking about painters here, yeah, you can see how angry sometimes Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff are. Sometimes when they get pulled, you would say, if we're going with painters, that they're so angry leaving the mound when they get pulled early, they might want to go cut their own ear off. <laughs> oh, first of all, I love this. And okay, that's a little things. Vincent Van Gogh. If you're not a cultured man, Grant. Oh, no, I am nothing if I'm not cultured, Evo. Because two if things. they would have left him in, they definitely would have finished Starry Night. <laughs> yeah. Number one, I think Woodruff and Burns might be frustrated at times, and that might show. But then you hear them in the press conference, they're like, "Yeah, I would have liked to keep going, but you know, there's a reason. There's a manager." And the players don't get to make these decisions is because some people, you know, some person has to protect these players from themselves and make the smart decisions for the outlook of the season. And I think that's the balance they need to find. But number two, I think my, you know, my favorite part of the game was last night, you guys, was when Boxberger got that third out in the seventh inning. And then they went to Corbin Burns, whose win-loss potential last night, his decision was on the line. And seeing how fired up he was that Boxberger got through that inning, I loved seeing that. That was probably my favorite part of the game last night. So that was that, that was a cool part. Yes, he got pulled, but then seeing Boxberger pick him up and seeing Burns' reaction, that was, ooh, that's good baseball. That's good, good baseball. Grant, I was going to play uh, the Donda chant as your outro song today off of Kanye West's new album, Donda. Donda, 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 Donda. Instead, I'm going to play uh, Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata because I feel like you would have been cool with Beethoven you know, trying to ooh. finish his uh, first movement, and you would have been fine with Craig Council, his manager at the time, pulling out Beethoven to replace him with some guy who didn't know what he was doing to finish uh, the Moonlight Sonata. Starting pitchers and writing piano pieces could not be more different. They, they could not. They're artists, Grant. I love analogies. They're artists, Grant Bills. They're artists. They're artists. Yeah, they said, Beethoven said he, if his manager continued to yank him off the stage, he was going to uh, change his name just to Beto because he never got to finish. You guys are on one this morning. Grant, they're, they're artists. The they're artists. Grant, they're artists. And yeah. you're, you're fine yeah. with pulling them. How did this become the conversation this morning? I, I just brought it I up. I have no idea. A, you post the question. You bet she thinks your tractor's sexy. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. And we're talking all kinds of things related to tractors and equipment this morning. Aaron Zimmerman for the Midwest Farm Report back here with you. From the Alcivia News Desk, here's what's happening on a Wednesday. Last week, I got the chance to attend several different field days, and one of those field days was the Organic Agriculture Field Day at the Arlington Research Station. Now, when you think of organic agriculture, often you probably think of a lot of manual labor, but that's not the case out at the Arlington Research Station. Dr. Brian Luck, Extension Specialist in Machinery and Precision Ag, is working to modify equipment to be able to use with more organic practices. I got a chance to catch up with him and see some of the projects that he is working on. Absolutely, yeah. So we're we're basically working with uh, organic systems from a machinery standpoint, focusing on grain production. 
production right now, uh, looking into what does it take to plant the seed properly in the organic system. We have cover crops involved. There's a lot of soil um, soil issues as far as getting a furrow cut and everything else. So there's there's some settings we need to look at on the planter to adjust for that. Also additional stuff like uh, roller crimping, how to best do that. And also, you know, closing wheels, getting furrow closed, things along those lines. Now let's talk a little bit about the difference between some of the way that equipment is used in maybe conventional ag versus organic ag and how that might present some challenges. Absolutely, yeah. So one of the things we've been trying to get away from in organic agriculture is tillage. So if we do excessive tillage to control weeds, we're sending a lot of soil down the river, for lack of a better word. So we're trying to use cover crops, use roller crimpers, um, and they get the planter set up properly to be able to plant into that and, and basically save uh, the farmer soils and make a make a crop. The other side of things is we don't have sprayers. We're not able to apply chemicals in organic production systems, which is lovely for conventional, but in this system we can't use them. So being able to do rescue operations such as uh, very minimal tillage, possibly in in a row roller crimping, uh, all the way out to weed zappers and flame weeders we're looking at as well. Sure. Now we talk about planting and maybe weed control side of things. Let's talk a little bit about the harvest side of things. You know, if we end up with a few more weeds in the field because we can't use those chemicals or those kind of things, what, how do we have equipment that can deal with those problems and, you know, not get all jammed up with weeds and, and or still get the quality in the crop that we're harvesting? Absolutely. That's a great question. So what I like to say is combines are really impressive nowadays, right? Um, Some of the newer machines are able to go through this with a few extra weeds um, and you can get it set just right to get that seed clean when it goes into the grain tank. Um, Just looking at it from an operator perspective and a machinery perspective is get out and check. I always tell people, you know, if you run, run a hundred yards, something like that, look in the grain tank, look around, make sure there's nothing wrapping, make sure the machinery is set up the way it should be to be able to harvest this and get it, get it situated. Out here with Brian Luck, mechanical and precision ag specialist with Extension, working to adapt this equipment to work most effectively for organic agriculture and those practices being used. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Aaron Zimmerman. It's Wednesday, and that means it's time for us to catch up with our friends at the Steffes Auction Group. Remember how we spell that? S-T-E-F-F-E-S group.com. And, of course, they are all about online auction, but with the personal touch as well. Ashley Hewins along with us to give us a little bit of an update on how things are going. So we're closer and closer to the harvest. Ashley, I've got to believe that you guys are still staying pretty busy with all the online auctions and Still looking for some of those folks that may have uh, an auction in mind, huh? Yeah, that's very true. You know, the next two weeks, we're going to still be extremely busy with auctions. A lot of stuff to be purchased here before the season starts. But I want to remind everybody that our next auction catalog that comes out in October, which is going to have all the, the fall after harvest auctions in it, our deadline to get in that book is going to be the 15th of September. So, If we know about your auction before the 15th of September, we can get you in that book. It's very important. Uh, Just looking at the distribution on that catalog, uh, it gets sent out to over 80,000, and it also gets emailed to 100-plus thousand registered bidders. So that's one of our most important advertising tools, and I just want to remind everybody, No, that's exactly right. It's all about making sure that folks uh, in the market know what's in the market, and that's a great tool to do that. And it's not hard. I don't want people to be intimidated by that process, Ashley, because your staff is there to help them with all the details. 
Well, that's for sure. And a lot of people think, well, I don't have a very big auction or something like that. Um, we do auctions that are only 10 pieces, and it's an inventory reduction. So never feel like one or two pieces is, is too small for some of what we do. We, we just want to take care of you. Well, and you also always have uh, consignment auctions or something like that in the background as well. The biggest thing is make sure you pick up that phone and make a call. That's right. It all starts with that phone call. We can talk about uh, what piece is worth that you have to sell, what other ones like it sold for, and then we can go through the process at that point. Excellent. Ashley Hewins along with us from the Steffes Group. Like he said, remember, if you're thinking about an auction, get busy. If you can get in contact with the Steffes Auction Group by September 15th, then they'll be able to feature your auction, your items in their October catalog. And as he said, wide distribution to a lot of folks that are out there looking. Be a part of their conversation. Best way to get involved? Jump online. SteffesGroup.com. Again, that's S-T-E-F-F-E-S Group.com. Or you can call their office directly. That number Three two zero six nine three ninety three seventy one, or the Steffes Auction Office right here in Wisconsin. That's at nine two zero four four two fifty six seventy seven. Get in touch with the Steffes Auction Group. Stephanie Hoff here with the Midwest Farm Report. Join me for a new monthly segment on the Midwest Farm Report. It's called the Gempler's Test Plot, where this month I'll try my hand at harvesting and pruning my backyard fruit. You can watch and learn about the tools and gear to get the job done. Since 1939, Wisconsin-based Gemplers has been helping farmers, ranchers, and gardeners get work done smarter, faster, and safer. Follow along with me at MidwestFarmReport.com. We'll get to your current commodity markets here in just a second, but with school starting for many students across the state, Wisconsin Egg in a Classroom is kicking off the school year by announcing their book of the year, Popcorn Country, written by Chris Peterson. This book offers a step-by-step examination into the history and science behind America's favorite snack. Each year, the Egg in the Classroom also holds an essay contest in conjunction with the book for 4th and 5th grade students throughout the state. This year's essay contest topic is What's Popping in Wisconsin, the Value of Corn to Our Economy. That essay will be due April 1st of 2022 with nine district winners selected and one being chosen as the state winner in May. For questions about the book or essay contest, go ahead and contact Darlene Arneson at Wisconsin Ag in the Classroom. Now to your commodity markets yesterday. Barrel cheese finished at 138 up one and a half. 40-pound blocks at 171 unchanged from the day before. Double-A butter at 176 and a half up five. Through the overnight trade, December corn currently sitting at 534 and a half up a quarter. November soybeans at 1291 and a half down one. September wheat down two at 706 and three quarters. September milk at 1675 a hundredweight unchanged from yesterday, while the October milk contract is at 1693 a hundredweight up three cents. We'll be right back visiting with Leo Johnson of Johnson Tractor with an update on what's going on in the farm equipment world. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Bandana, check. Boots, check. Gloves, check. 
As a motorcycle rider in Wisconsin, you may go to great lengths to protect your image. Just be sure you're protecting yourself, too. Wear a Department of Transportation-approved helmet. Perform safety checks in your motorcycle. Know the traffic laws and don't take risks. Motorists and motorcyclists can work together to achieve zero preventable deaths on Wisconsin roads. Zero in Wisconsin. Together, we can save lives. Learn more at ZeroInWisconsin.gov. Sponsored by the Wisconsin DOT. Landscape Envy? That's what you create when you add Kalani Wash Decorative Stone to your landscape. Choose from our selection of multicolored stones for around trees, shrubs, and under decks. Plus, we offer gravel stone for walkways, driveways, and a base for patio bricks and retaining walls. Visit KalaniTopsoil.com, or you can simply pick it up at our awesome processing plant. Kalani Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. And good-looking decorative stone. What have we here? Crackers. At least I think they are. They're in a cellophane wrapper. There are two of them. Crackers always travel in pairs. They snap like crackers. Crumble like them, too. Nine out of ten cracker eaters would give them a positive ID. But these aren't crackers. They're dinner. Jim Krevick's. For five days straight, there are people like Jim all across Madison. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll supply people like Jim over $950,000 in food through Dane County's busiest food pantry. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in clothing, shelter, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, between the COVID-19 pandemic, labor shortages, and everything in between, supply chain shortages have been a problem within agriculture and a lot of other places. I'm here today with Leo Johnson, president of Johnson Tractor, talking a little bit about how these things are affecting the equipment world. Now, Leo, not that long ago, we heard a lot about having problems in supply chain, getting things for parts, getting things, whether whether it was stuff to repair tractors or maybe even people that were purchasing new ones, they were kind of going to be set back on when they can get them. Are we still seeing the same kind of things or are we finally maybe catching up a little bit? Well, that's a that's a great question, Aaron. Right now, we're we're seeing quite a few shipments coming in. I, I would say that our bigger our bigger problem with supply chain is behind us. Although, with that being said, our main supplier, Case IH, I'm told that at some of the plants, there's rows and rows of new equipment that are basically unfinished uh, or nearly finished, but waiting for some minor component. And our contacts in case have told us that, you know, they've made additional vendor changes and uh, been able to kind of circumvent some of their normal channels for, uh, uh, for parts and, and have been able to come up with a, a real good number for, uh, for shipping. And we're seeing shipments roll in here every day now. Another one of our suppliers is Kubota, and there's uh, been just a huge demand for that kind of equipment, both from the ag producers and from the from the consumer market, and maybe the sundowner type farmer. And we're seeing that their shipments now are really starting to kind of head in high gear. And, and as we speak, I just saw 
a semi pull in with a full load of Kubota equipment that I'm sure our salesmen are happy to see because most of most of all of that is pre-sold. Sure. Now, being that we were a little bit behind, I guess, on some of this and people had to wait to get their equipment, and I'm sure within the time there's been a lot more customers looking for things, what is business looking like right now? Are you selling stuff all the time? Are values really high? You know, what does it compare between new and used equipment? How are things looking like for you guys? Well, uh, our primary focus in our five stores, our number one focus is uh, large ag producers. Our number, our secondary focus, although it's been really gaining in steam, is uh, is the consumer and part-time farmer. A lot of people describe them as real lifestyles. So you look at our customer base. What's happened with our customer base? Our primary customer base in big ag is corn and soybeans. The price of corn and the price of soybeans are both up 30% from a year ago. And any time anybody in business that has customers that all of a sudden have 25 or 30% more discretionary income, you know it's going to be a good it's going to be a good thing for your business. And and we have benefited from it. Our business is up. I think all of the major companies that report talk about, you know, pretty substantial increases in business this year, both on the manufacturing end and on the, the distribution side like we are. And so, yeah, right now business is good. I think one of the things that, and you asked about used values, anybody that's been to a farm sale and tried to buy anything, Recently, we'll know that its uh, values on the farm sales have been incredibly strong. The resale market on the on the dealer side, I think, has been, you know, quite strong as well. I think one of the bigger questions is: Are these numbers that we're seeing for used equipment are they sustainable? Are they, you know, is this the new norm or is this sort of a a, a temporary blip? You compare our industries to a couple other industries that we watch of course the automotive thing gosh drive by a car dealership today and uh and look at the inventory on the lots there compared to what it was a year or two ago and it's it's incredible you know if if you're a retail salesman working out of a large car dealership you've got to be scratching your head wondering what can i sell today i got customers but i don't have enough cars the realtors are the same way you know there was a a a real a real strong market as you know in in our market uh, especially in uh, you know mid-priced homes that used to sell for a hundred thousand dollars or one hundred fifty thousand dollars are now bringing two hundred or two and a quarter or two fifty or whatever. Now maybe that started to back off a little bit, but I I wonder about the value of these really strong prices in basically everything in our economy right now. And is that sustainable? Is that the new norm? Or is this a temporary blip? I'd, I'd really like to know that. Now, talking about the people who are buying equipment or just maybe Joe Farmer down the road that something breaks down and he needs to get it fixed, you know, what kind of timeline is it looking like for these people? You know, are they going to have to plan ahead? You know, is this... Is this continual, you know, you know, like you say that you got people to buy cars and the cars aren't there, you got people to buy houses and the houses aren't there. Is that the same kind of thing going on in the in the equipment industry that people are there to buy them and they're just not there yet or what kind of things are you seeing in that respect? Yeah, 30 years ago there was a really good farmer out on the prairie east of Janesville that had traveled internationally quite a bit and he came back and he had just recently come back from some third world country. I don't remember where it is. But he said, you know, he was visiting with some farmers there, and and they had to plan years in ahead for their purchase because they just can't go to town 
and buy a 100 horse tractor or buy a at that time a, a nine foot haybine or or whatever and you know I, I i don't think the american farmers have realized what a luxury it's been for them the last few decades to be able to just drive to their local dealer see a row of 10 or 15 of the types of products they want to buy or are interested in buying and the dealer down the road may have the same thing and the dealer in the next town may have it and and so it's really been a significantly a buyer's market for you know some time um now if all of a sudden a guy breaks something and and a you can't get the part because it's kind of an oddball part and you you know he's being told it's six weeks or six months to get or B, you, you, you need a new 12-row planner or 24-row planner and discovered that you're going to make some money this year and, well, it's time to get my name on one. And, and then you only to discover that it's too late to get one for next year and you may have to wait till a year after. Farmers aren't used to that so much. And uh, it's a new reality that I think is going to be with us for some time. I'm not certain that we're going to have a shortage of equipment for the long haul. I think that the buying process is just going to have to be better planned than it ever used to be. And that if you need something in an emergency, by gosh, uh, you may have to get your wallet out. Now, is there anything else that you'd like to share that maybe people should know going forward or for the near future? Well, I think that people in our business, and, and our business is to sell equipment and to sell repair parts and to service equipment. We've, we've got a, a great staff of technicians. We've got a, a great staff of parts people. We've got a great staff of salespeople, but they're all stretched. You know, right now, everybody is just doing what they can to kind of put out the fires. And I don't think our business is different than many other implement dealers. And and so I guess if, if there's any message that I'd maybe want to leave with the ag community is you've got a bunch of people in our industry that are working hard to keep your equipment going, to get you new equipment, to to do whatever you can to, to fix whatever you've got. And it, it, it's just going to take some patience at this time. Things that used to happen at a snap of a finger may take an extra day or two or whatever. And, and so when you're building your business plan on and, and it revolves around a certain amount of equipment, you got to leave a little wiggle room in there in case something doesn't go as planned. That's Leo Johnson, president of Johnson Tractor with me this morning, talking about things going on in the farm equipment world. As he said, you know, plan ahead. If you have things that may need to get maintenance, repairs, or if you're buying something new, you might have to be a little patient. So make sure to plan ahead.